This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. This will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I really liked. I'd hit a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything. You need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Where's Huddle with me, Bram No Marcus, today, but with you per usual, my master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Maxime, let's start this by acknowledging the elephant in the room. So. I mean, everybody knows how fucked up I am. I have a lot of psychological problems. One of those psychological problems is I don't like change, any new setup. And today we're recording in person, which is great. We yeah. haven't done it for a long time, but that means we're now sitting in a weird place. We're like next to each other. I don't know where I should be looking at you or the camera. So this whole thing, I, I'm going to need like two or three therapy sessions to get back to baseline. I hope it's worth it, dude. You're going to have to really dominate today. <laughs> we really have to dominate. This is a, a, so first of all, I feel like I'm missing the, you know, the the litany of things that the guest gets of like a man who does this, this and this. I feel I feel like I've never gotten one of those. And I'm at this point a little offended okay. that I just get to be the master of all things sound and video, you know. With me per usual, a man who is making me feel remarkably <laughs> awkward with that fucking observation. Maxime, there you go. That's for you, dude. I'll uh I'll come up with another, you know, no, I won't. That's going to be your intro. It is what it is. Let's go ahead and jump in. We got a lot of Warriors stuff to talk about, and let's start with our glass half full. Uh, normal segment, our usual starter. Look back, man. Give me something you like and don't. We have wins to pick from. You know, things are kind of better in Dub Nation, so there's a lot of positivity for you to select. Uh, I'll let you go first, man. What do you got? Well, listen, the title of this podcast is, uh, is you know, we know we're going to focus on Jordan Poole, so I'm going to steer us away from what was a lot of really good Jordan Poole um, uh, conversation topics and, and go a little bit to the fringes of the roster, but I think it's worth taking a moment to celebrate our boy Patrick Baldwin Jr. Um, not just because allegedly he just tried peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the first time a couple of days ago, which I what? think is just a shocking. To, yeah, that's the reports are that he didn't try them until a couple of days ago, and now it's one of his favorite snacks. Um, that's great. Uh, regardless, I'm actually more interested in his on-court performance. I... Um, you know, he hit a couple of big clutch threes, right? Steve Kerr was talking about how uh, some of his performances in the in the Brooklyn game might have given him a little bit of momentum to come in and perform really well in the Utah game. That's great. But the thing for me, you know, <laughs> excuse me, when you have limited minutes like that to come in and make an impact the way he did, I, I don't know that I've seen a young player. Uh, with as beautiful of a shot as his in a long time, and I and I, you know, it's not. I'm not going to compare him to Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant is on a completely different class. But some of the way he was shooting, some of the, some of the form, the way he sort of like pushes his body towards the rim as he goes up, and he's like a tall, lanky dude. It did kind of rem- remind me of KD's form, and like I couldn't help but get excited about that. 
if you had given me three hours to just guess what you were going to say before we started this, I never at any point would have thought, oh, you know what you're going to say? You're going to say that PBJ is a lot like Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I did not see that coming at all. Let's go. I mean, that's like glass all the way full take. <laughs> um, I am so distracted that he hasn't tried a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I don't believe that. I'm just going to say it right now into this microphone. That feels like complete bullshit to me. It's the kind of thing you would say just to rile somebody else up, especially if your nickname was PB&J. Uh, <laughs> but no, dude, it, it, his... I didn't think we were going to see 13 minutes from Patrick Baldwin Jr. at all in that last game, let alone 13 remarkably productive minutes. And I read an article this morning that pointed out that he spent the morning in Santa Cruz um, and right. didn't was not expected to get called up. And that kind of mental flexibility, you know, mm -hmm. to like to, mm -hmm. to be able to suddenly find out that you were going to be playing a real role for the big club after practicing for the G League thing is its own skill set. And the idea that he could do that, I'm really impressed with. And we've given the Warriors this credit before, but the whole light year shit with Santa Cruz, the idea of not only having a G League team, but one that's so fucking close that when you need somebody, I mean, what happened is they weren't sure if Draymond was going to run and they knew that Wiggins was not going to play, that they could reach out and pull somebody back up within 90 minutes, which was dope as hell. Uh, I'll give you something else I like. I like Ty Jerome. And let me start this way, dude. I owe him an apology. I like earlier this year, somebody asked me where Ty Jerome came from. And I think I said the Dodgers, you know, it's like, I, I thought he was like a second baseman. I've never, never heard of him, know nothing about him. And now it's not just his quiet confidence mm. or his quiet capabilities. It's the dog in him. There's a real FU angle to Ty Jerome. Um, I think he had like 17 and four last night, but the whole time he's playing with a chip on his shoulder and he's doing it successfully. Those are the kind of guys that just, they get me fired up, man. And we haven't had one like him for a while, you know? Um, so Ty Jerome absolutely loved. Mm. And then, you know, we got to say it, I'm bearing the lead a little bit. Jordan Poole's a starter. It's a different dude. I mean, the, rewind the clock to last week and we were sitting with Eric and we were sitting with Jason and we said, all right, it's just going to miss some time. Who needs to step up? What, mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's the main guy who could make a difference here? And it wasn't, you know, an, an incredible take. It was an obvious one, but pool was our answer and he's done everything we wanted. So another thing I like Jordan pool as a starter, quietly ushering in you know, wins we need, man. Yeah, totally. And I, I, I want to take them sequentially because I also, you know, just want to point out Ty Jerome has been very, very exciting. And I think it's really fantastic. You know, he, he came up clutch couple like that clutch three was fantastic, but also just, you know, Steve Kerr said that the reason he continues to go to him and trust him is that he just doesn't turn the ball over. And he's like, that kind of poise is really, really impressive. You know, it makes me a little nervous because, you know, he was interviewed, Steve Kerr was interviewed today and they were asking, Hey, we got a roster slot open you know, are one of these two-way contracts going to convert? Yeah. And it's, you know, I don't know, but obviously there's only room for one. Um, they sort of serve different positional uh, needs. We can get into that. But I think, you know, it's, it's worth celebrating the guy right now and also understanding that he's definitely just being slotted into a position that is normally filled by uh, the greatest shooter of all time. So, um, you know, really exciting to see that guy. I think he definitely has earned himself a spot in the league somewhere um, based on what I'm seeing now. It'd be awesome if that was on the Warriors, but I don't know that he is exactly the person that we need. Meanwhile, on the other end, Jordan Poole, that is the kind of person that we need. I think the type of performance that we've been seeing over the past couple of games from him is what we thought he was going to be when we were having conversations at the beginning of the year about how he's maybe the front runner for sixth man of the year. Sure. Um, now, is that to me, the question is, 
cool, if he can do this in the starting lineup when Steph comes back in, are we getting in, you know, can he kind of jump back into that secondary role and still perform at a high level? Or does he need to be a starter to be able to provide the type of productivity that we that we are seeing from him? Dude, it's almost as if that's the title of this episode oh. that we'll be focusing on him. Uh, before I go to pool, I'll give you something I don't like. I don't like not knowing where I should be looking right now. Oh, it's freaking me I out. I don't know if I'm supposed to be looking over here, like out. into the camera. I don't know if I'm supposed to be looking at you. I'm sitting right next to you. So that part's fucking me right up. Another thing I don't like, I don't like people who wish me Happy New Year before Christmas. It happened to me like 10 or 11 times. <laughs> I feel like it's weird now. It's still not weird. 2022, people are wishing me Happy New Year. It's not there yet. So I don't know. Man. I don't know what the official cutoff is. I'm going to say maybe the 30th right around there. But early wishings of Happy New Year. It's just weird. It makes me uncomfortable. Let's put it that way. I have been meaning Happy New Year, man. Go I'm fuck really excited yeah, about no, And I don't. Again, I wasn't even sure to make eye contact with you there. You just combined the two things I didn't like. So that wasn't for me at all. <laughs> Let's transition. Golden questions, man. Um, this is our mailbag. As you know, they sometimes get personal, always deal with the Warriors. And really, this one um, is only one question deep, and it's an important one. So here's a question. Quote, Jordan Poole is ignoring the weather and throwing pool parties again. Has he earned a permanent role in the starting five. So let me pause for a second. I, I mean, you know, I like the kind of cleverness of that question. Also, the pool parties thing, I, is it weird that I'm getting kind of tired of that comment? Like, I, I mean, it's a positivity thing and, and it's good, but just the phrase, even as I read that, it did kind of annoy me. Um, we don't have to jump into that instead. So I'm going to split this up. Um, they're asking, is Jordan Poole or should Jordan Poole be a permanent starter? But let me break that into three separate questions. I'm going to ask you, is he good enough to start? Is he better as a starter? And then finally, if he should be starting, who should they sit? Let's start with the first one because it's easy as hell. Is he good enough to start? Of course he is. You know, that's been true since the G League bubble bump. Uh, he was a very important part of a title team. So he's absolutely there, which leads to the second one. Is he better as a starter? Again, Yes, dude, much. So I'm stealing this from friend of the podcast, Connor, uh, who recently wrote an article detailing that Poole has been doing nothing but putting up numbers since December 14th, which is when Corey went out, and that all those numbers suggest he should start. Here's some things that he pointed out. As a starter, Poole is averaging 26.1 points per game. As a bench member, he's averaging 14 points per game, and it's only an additional six more minutes on the floor. And Poole's also shooting better. He's about 4% better from the field and 12% better from the foul line. So is he better as a starter? Again, yes, right? Which leads to, should he be a permanent member? Who would you sit? So before you even focus in on the who would you sit, should he be a starter, just those first two takes. Are you happy with what Poole's done? You impressed with who he's been since the 14th? No doubt. And I, yes, absolutely since the 14th. And and sure, we're talking about the 2022 season uh, before the 14th, but I think I was also very impressed with how he played in the playoffs last year. And that to me said, oh, this guy should be a starter. You know, he had he had the poise to step up in the big moments and knock down big shots, right? And um and and I think that's that's the type of reason that you want somebody to be a starter on a team like the Warriors. We don't care about the 82 games. We're, we're still more interested in the 16 game season, yeah. right? So he has shown that he understands how to be in those roles. We know that his demeanor off the court is a, a somebody who is a hard worker. Um, and that's the, all the type of stuff that you want from somebody to be a starter. So absolutely should be a starter. Um, now I don't. I I guess what's the next question? I already forgot. Who we'd ultimately sit? Uh, I will. 
I'm going to piggyback off your playoffs take because one of the things I was going to say, one of the things I'm worried about Jordan Poole is the ability to come off the bench and succeed is different. There's a mentality that you need. Mm. Um, You need to not have to have leeway to make mistakes. You need to be able to cook immediately and then sit. And I was going to tell you, I'm not sure he could do that, but you hearkening back to the playoffs shows, no, I'm wrong on that. He not only did it in that playoff role, he did it in much higher stakes. You know, he had to cook on demand and was able to do it. So we've seen it. You know, the, there's there's certainly something switches when he is a starter. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the extra confidence that comes with it. I don't know if it's the extra leeway and just the the time to make mistakes. But looking back at the playoffs, you're right, dude. He's capable of of I don't know succeeding in small stints, um, which leads to the final thing, dude. So if we put him in right now, it's easy. They're hurt. They're hurt a thousand ways from Sunday. They need any starters, let alone competent ones. So, of course, he stays there up until Steph returns and Wiggins is back. But once they're here, you know, that starting five, and we've heard this from all of the national guys, has been remarkably successful. It's, it hasn't been the starting five that's been the problem for the worst. It's yep. been their back five. And so here's the current starters. Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Loon. If you put Jordan Poole into that, if you made him a starter, who the fuck do you sit? <laughs> Right, so it's not Steph, it's not Draymond, and it's not Loon. We don't have. I mean, Steph is yep. it speaks for himself. Draymond also speaks for himself, and we don't have the kind of size where we can put in pool for for Loon. So that leaves Clay and Wiggins, both of which present like I, is Clay mentally capable of coming off the bench right now? Is that too much of a fuck you to him? Um, Wiggins has been maybe our second best player up until his injury, but I'll I'll put it to you. So. If Kerr gave us a call right now, randomly as hell, said, look, you look really awkward on the camera. I don't know. Brand doesn't know where to look. This whole thing is strange as shit. Dude. You're drinking different things, which is weird. He'd point all those out and then ultimately say, I want to start pool, but I don't know who to sit. What would your answer to him be? We've already narrowed it down to two, right? It's either going to be Wiggins or Clay. I would actually even narrow it down to one um, in that I, I just, I don't think that Jordan Poole can replace Wiggins on the defensive end. So even if you could have a net uh, neutral between you know offensive output from Wiggins to offensive output from Jordan Poole, there's just no way that Jordan can cover the type of defensive load that Wiggins is covering. Okay, so that just leaves Clay. And I think what you said is already the case. You saw, I mean, I felt the pain that Clay was feeling. Granted, a half of a half of a percent of I'm sure what he was going through, but you could see his sadness when Charles Barkley was you know ribbing on him, mm-hmm. saying you know. Uh, the dude has had his confidence rocked for good reason. You know, he's had the two most catastrophic injuries that you could possibly have in back-to-back seasons. That's rough. And you're also seeing him start to come back. At the end of the day, I think I'm, I'm going to answer the question already, which is to say I would not replace anybody in our starting lineup because Clay is the only person that I would consider at this point. And, I, and I'm seeing more and more. From, like, Clay was also fantastic. Um, you know, in, uh, in the in the first half of this back to back, you know, um, and obviously we're sitting him because he's still taking time to recuperate and recover. Yeah. But what he's showing on the court says that you know he's he's moving in a positive direction, not in a negative direction. Yeah, no, that's that's completely fair. Um, I think Clay would be the guy who I would sit to if I had to sit somebody, and I'm not sure he's coming from enough of a confidence base right now. Right. So, like the the easy thing is the second that Andre decided to be our sixth man when he first joined here, the second that Steph decided to come off the bench when he, he came back from an injury last year in the playoffs, 
the Warriors have established it's okay to come off the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. All, this is a flexible scenario. Everybody can check their ego at the door. But the other thing that we've established this year is that Clay is feeling his mortality. You know, he feels like he's a little bit defensive. I can associate with all of that. And the move of, yeah, I'm fine coming off the bench comes from a certain a confidence, you know, a bravado that I think Clay is capable of, but I'm not sure he has right now. And for as long as he's he's bringing it around him, you know, he's I think he's averaging over 26 over the last four or five games. I'm not sure if I want to rock that either. So Jordan Poole is an exceptional player, is a difference maker, has a very bright future in this league and will very, um, you know, in the not so distant future is going to be a fixture at, you know, as a starting five of the Golden State Warriors. But I'm not sure it's there yet. I don't think you can do it now. I, I So if I got that call from Kerr, I'd agree with him that the now, eye contact here is a little bit awkward. And then I would say, <laughs> no, um, we need Poole coming off the bench. Yeah, I think that's where I would leave it. Yeah, yeah. I, I You know, I think your, your point about Andre Iguodala is a really good one in that Iguodala is coming off of already a pretty successful career as a starter in Denver. Um, and, and he came in, I think, as a very shrewd man in the second half of his career saying, yeah, I'm, I'm probably, maybe I could start on some teams right now, but overall I'm trending into the category of like, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to be more productive in smaller spurts, um, you know, being more of an anchor in the second unit. All of that stuff sort of makes sense. Clay, I think, still deserves from all of us as Warriors fans and from the organization another opportunity to prove that he still has what it takes to be a starter. And I'm still seeing that he's, like I said, trending in the direction where he should be a starter. Um, and I don't want to take that away from him yet because I, I do think, you know, I hope that Clay um, retires as a warrior. And that means at a certain point he's going to be coming off of the bench. And I don't want him to have regrets. I don't want him to be saying like, oh, I, you know, what if, you know, it happened too soon for me. I want him to be like Andre, able to say, yeah, it's my time. Of course. I'm going to choose to take the step back. And you can tell that he's not ready to say that for himself. It's a reflection of self-confidence, man. You know, I mean, anytime you're voluntarily mm. taking a step back, the only time that works, mentally speaking, is if you know you're fine, you know, and I, I, I don't, I haven't had a conversation yes. with Clay. I don't know this at all, but based only on the interactions he's had with both the media and Charles Barkley and, and like literally talking about, you know, his mortality and, and everything he's had to go through, I'm not sure he's in a confident enough place to take that back step. And I'll, I'll be frank between the two. I, right now, I'm still interested in keeping Clay happier. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just it just is what it is. Here's another random question I didn't in the outline, but I got it through the email. If you could trade Jordan Poole for LaMelo Ball right now, would you do that trade? No. Why? LaMelo Ball right now is, I think, more of an asset to the Hornets. I mean, not I think. He's more of an asset to the Hornets than uh, than Jordan Poole is the Warriors. There's no doubt about that. I think maybe also right now, not again, maybe, not maybe, I'm going to stop qualifying it, he is generally a better basketball player, right? He's, he's much closer to being an all-star than Jordan Poole is. Mm-hmm. However, again, what I'm seeing, what I'm understanding is there's a certain work ethic that Jordan Poole has that I think is going to take him longer and farther in the NBA than what we're seeing from LaMelo right now. And I think if you reverse them into the different roles, you might see Jordan being just as successful as LaMelo is at this point because LaMelo would have had to take the same role that Jordan Poole has taken on the Warriors where he's had to come off of the bench, had to earn his minutes, had to work really hard just to get um, into the lineup That's at all. Yeah. And it's and it's just a completely, it's, a, it's, it's apples and oranges. He was given the green light completely in Charlotte. 
And that provides a space to be a different type of a ball player than Jordan Poole um, sitting off of a bench on the Warriors. I'd say no to that deal immediately. Um, if I'm starting a fantasy team, I take LaMelo Ball. Of course. of course. You know, if I'm trying to add to the Warriors, it's Jordan Poole. And really what we're talking about is the draft pick. You know, I mean, like that's where LaMelo Ball would have mm. come into our life. Instead of mm. Wiseman, it would have been Ball. But had they selected Ball, Jordan Poole doesn't make this leap. Um, and as far as what Golden State needs, they don't need another distributor. That's not what they need in any way. They don't need another, any more star power. You know, again, we are we are all set there. We need the exact skill set that Jordan Poole has, hopefully in the second unit, if he can ultimately make that flip over. Um, could you? Like, so I'll, I'll keep it personal. Um, when I played basketball, I need to be able to make mistakes. Like I, if I knew that I was missing a shot and they would take me out almost immediately, there's no way I would play well. That's just not who I am. I need, I need a, a whole bunch of leeway. And so in that second role, I can associate with pool. I would much prefer, okay, go out there. We believe in you. Take as much time as you want. You miss some shots. No problem. You know, we don't need it as opposed to that secondary unit of you need, you know, this, you have a very small amount to succeed and you have to succeed right now. I, I wouldn't be good at that. If you told me right now, be funny. You know, like, like right now you have eight seconds to say something funny or tell me a story. I'd fucking choke, dude. Like, I don't, I don't like that kind of pressure. It's its own personality type. So I agree with you completely, but I don't actually think that's the position that Jordan Poole is in. He's not being told right before the game's about to go on. Oh, I guess what? You're coming off the bench. I don't feel like you agree with me completely. (laughs) (laughs) Or we must use that term differently. No, I'm saying like, if, you know, if you're given, right, you're a lawyer, right? You understand there's prep work that goes into your job to be able to walk into a room and position people to operate in the way that you hope that they want to operate in, right? It doesn't matter if you're coming off the bench or not. Steve Kerr comes to you and says, hey, Bram, Jordan Poole, whatever, you're going to be coming off the bench for the foreseeable future. You're going to prepare yourself in a way that allows you to succeed in those moments. And there at that point, this is, you know, for me personally, if I'm given that opportunity and I'm told this is what's going to happen, I'm going to focus all of my energy to coming off the bench and really succeeding in those fine moments. And sure, if I miss a shot, okay, I'm going to get pulled, but there's, there's a consistency to that. Eventually, unless I shouldn't be in the NBA, which Jordan Poole should be in the NBA, he's going to hit those shots. And when he does hit those shots, he's going to be rewarded with more minutes. Again, coming off the bench, sure. But, you know, it's it's not a, it's like there's a consistency in how Kerr coaches this team. And so it, it helps, I think, in the aggregate for Jordan Poole to see, ah, okay, I am rewarded for doing the things the right way. And, and I actually would then in that environment actually really relish that opportunity. Makes sense. I'm... I'm distracted because right now I'm still disbelieving that Patrick Baldwin Jr. doesn't eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I won't get over that. It seems like the kind of bullshit lie that'll never get me over. That and the recent comment from NoCap757, what's up, Brian and Nick Wright? That's um, also making me really happy. How are you feeling about the Nick Wright comparison? Well, why you let, okay, so a little bit behind the curtain is that Bram and I decided before we went on that we would look at the camera the whole time, right? Because like, I haven't looked at it one that's, time. Right, that's what, that's what like, Fitz and Kalena do when it cuts to them, right? And it's like, there's no good, there's no right answer here. But I think Bram was like, wait, this is awkward. And so I'm going to look at Maxime. And I'm seeing this comment. I'm like, well, I can't look at the screen again because it's so great. It's so great. It makes me feel like I'm with a celebrity. So here, we'll, we'll put this to bed on this one. But how do you feel about the Nick Wright comparisons? You, you're fine with them? Do they kind of hurt your feelings? Like, where are you? People say I look like Derek Carr because of the Dolphine circles are my eyes. It makes you feel any better. So that doesn't you know. that doesn't make me feel any better. Wow, we're comparing like a very successful athlete to a guy that shits on the Warriors. They didn't together. say that fucking. I, my it's God. because of my arm strength. It's because we both look like we do heroin. So like, it definitely was not meant as a compliment to me. If it makes you feel any better, it doesn't. It still doesn't make me feel any better. I don't. I'd like it. 
that guy bums me out. I, I don't know if it's because I'm associating his takes with what he looks like, but I can't. It doesn't. It's. I'm not a fan. <laughs> well, it is what that, it is. Now that we have that comment on the screen, I can start looking at the screen as opposed <laughs> to you since it is now my favorite thing. So give me your final answer. Uh, if it's up to you, Jordan Poole, everybody's healthy. Jordan Poole should be on the bench to start games or should be a starter. He should be coming off of the bench. And I think we should celebrate what that means for the just how lucky we are as a fan base that we can't slot Jordan Poole into our starting lineup because it is not any slight on Jordan Poole whatsoever that we don't think that he could replace any of the starting five. I mean, obviously, we're really only talking about the guard positions that would be reasonable here, maybe three um, in some super small lineup. But that's that's fantastic. You know, that's that's good news, not bad news. Well, it's also how you deliver the message. I mean, really what you're telling him is you are a huge key part of our championship run this year. That we are fine starters. We're doing great there. The biggest problem we have as far as title contention is our second unit. And you know what, Jordan? You know what our fucking solution to that is? You. You know, we believe in your skill set more than anybody else in this franchise or anybody else we could obtain to take us over the hump. And then you couldn't give him a bigger compliment. It's just a matter of can he make that transition? I think he will. Um but I'm not positive. I did, this whole year has been weird. The, mm. I, I can't get a handle on it. Whenever I want to let go of the rope and think, well, this isn't our year, they have a giant statement win like, you know, against yeah. uh, Memphis or Boston. And then after every giant statement win, like the Boston one, they then go and shit the bed. And it, it, it's been hard for me to decide what kind of year this is going to be. It's almost made for better television. You know, suddenly the regular season really matters again. This Friday matchup against Portland matters, even just for playoff race. But it's hard to have a definitive opinion on the actual team. Well, let me let me ask you a question, if you don't mind, um, which is this. We've been talking a lot about Chase Center. Um, and the degree to which, you know, it is or is not uh shades of what Oracle used to be. But we're actually seeing that we have the best record in the league when we're defending our home turf and obviously the worst record in the league when we are uh, on the road. Is there actually something to be said for the Chase crowd being more of a home court advantage than we want to admit? I'm going to say no, having been. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. Um, That disparity, those records, that's going to be a golden question for down the line. We need somebody who covers the team and can give us a little bit more detail. Um, I do not know why that disparity exists. It's one of the Mm. strangest stats that I have seen. Um, And because of that, we need somebody a little bit smarter than you and I to handle it. Fantastic. We'll throw it down to them. But I I do have a random ass story for you that I want your opinion on. So it requires some setup. Um, I have a friend who is right now looking to add a little bit of money to his life. Um, He's got a really nice house in Oakland. He's got a lot of extra space. And so he's decided to rent out the downstairs of his home. And it's, even though it's his home, it's separate spots. You know, that, that downstairs has its own entrance. It's not like he's has a, a housemate. Now he's just getting a little bit of extra money. And he's done that for, you know, four or five weeks now, um, figuring out what the logistics like that mean. And last week he receives a package that he doesn't recognize, doesn't recognize the name on it. Doesn't know who the hell it is, decides to open it nonetheless. And inside of it is a sex toy. All right. Hmm. So he's has this package now, doesn't know who it's for. And while looking in and seeing the sex toy, he gets a text from his new tenant downstairs saying, I'm expecting a package. (laughs) Would you mind keeping a heads up for the package? All right. Uh So you're now the homeowner. All right. Put yourself in the place of, of my boy. 
what do you do? What do you do with that package? Do you go back down with it? Do you pretend like you didn't receive it? Do you throw it away and tell the dude that like the, the, the thing has been lost in the mail? What's your move in this scenario? Because he told me the story and I immediately got lost in the awkwardness of it. And I, how would you handle that? You know, I, I, like sex positivity is a great thing, right? I think me personally, I'd be like, hey, guy, like way to get this thing. Fantastic. I opened this thing for you, whatever, you know, like. Oh, shit. If, if I fucking, <laughs> if you came downstairs and you handed me a sex toy and said, hey, guy, way to be comfortable with sex. I'm moving out fucking immediately. Fashion that I could possibly move out all right i should not i feel like that advice is terrible <laughs> I, I happen to know that this friend listens to the show so do not follow that please that is terrible advice um he went down and just gave it to him without saying anything what i said is you should have stabled that shit closed give him the gift of even though he would know that like fedex wouldn't stable it give him the gift of i didn't see it let's pretend like nothing's happened here am i crazy with that like is that not the move well so i don't know but i can't because it's a warriors podcast i couldn't help but start to think about like what would certain players do in that situation <laughs> and i feel like the dichotomy is like you're like the steph curry end of the spectrum like i feel like that's what steph would do and i feel like jordan Poole would have done exactly what i did you know like i i don't know these guys that well but on court antics make me think that that's exactly what would have happened <laughs> i don't know them that well you don't know them well enough to tell me what <laughs> they would do if they received a random sex toy in the mail no no clearly i know them well enough to, to gain an opinion there you know we're pretty close but i am um i'm very distracted by you going down to me like good for you sex positivity like i i think it's great that you sent this to my house and let's I have a conversation yeah. on how you pick this jesus christ man uh here's my last question for you give me a prediction so friday they play uh dame lillard and the trailblazers uh, a game i'm actually hoping to go to the Warriors have shown some growth. They're on a three-game winning streak. You know, they're at home. Um, positivity seems to be rolling. But this season, if it's taught me anything, it's right about right, 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 right. we were going to much loss. So what's your guess? Yeah, it, it's so true. This is the type of thing that, that we could have that weirdo gut punch loss. Especially, like, I know that Utah was, at one point early on in the season, the number one seed in the West. But they're not a great team, you know? Oh, like They're we, trying to lose. <laughs> we gutted out a win. You know, we, like, maintained contact for the whole game with a team that is trying to tank. So, you know, Portland is in maybe a slightly different situation. And, I, and I, you know, Dame typically shows out pretty well in Oakland because that's his home turf. So am I a little bit concerned about us blowing this one? Yeah, I absolutely am. But I'm maintaining optimism. Clay's going to be in the lineup. Um, and I think we're on, we have momentum right now. And I know that the Warriors want to maintain that momentum. So I'm saying we pull out the W. Has Fox Sports One asked you to be there? Are you going to be in person or? Yeah. Uh, yeah. To shit on the Warriors the whole time. That's yeah. Dope, My yeah, name is dope. Nick Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, like, really, you're going to have to, like, slick back your hair a lot more, like, put some product in there to really sell it. Have you decided, like, maybe we can get you a fake credential? Like, you could go in and tell people you're Nick Ray. Well, actually, I'm. That's a super compelling idea. <laughs> Let's go. I would be willing to cosplay Nick Wright to see if I could sneak in to press Cosplay? Out. Fuck, you look like you a right now. Stop it. You don't have to fucking this cosplay for what? Dude, what are you worst. talking about? It's exactly you. Uh, I guess a runaway victory. Um, I bet you the Warriors are underdogs. I haven't looked at that. I bet you it's like a one and a half point spread for Portland. And I think the Warriors win by more than five. So we'll... We'll see how that ultimately plays. I'm also a homer and remarkably overly optimistic. 
So uh, we'll see how that goes. But fuck, man. Big fun. Um, if you guys want to reach out to us, let us know that Maxime does look like Nick Wright or that uh, Maxime looks exactly like Nick Wright. I mean, whatever. Whatever Nick Wright takes you have, you can send those all to huddle at warriorshuddle.com. We're also up on social media. Our lone presence there is on uh, Twitter. That one's at Warriors Huddle. With that in mind, Happy New Year. It's the Ooh. appropriate time to say that. Go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you real soon. Good, good. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.